Hi, Peter Borker here, and welcome to today's edition of The Transition Guy. Now, joining me in the studio is Kevin Haler, CEO of Sales Made Easy. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Peter. Thank you very much. Now, the reason I invited you in today, because I want to talk about your story. Okay. Because everyone looks at stories for businesses that always go well. Yep. But sometimes it doesn't (laughs) always go well, does it? Very true. (laughs) And actually, yours is quite a unique story. I mean... So give us a bit of a sort of background. Why did you go into business in the first place? I think there was a, an entrepreneur inside me uh, itching to get out for many, many years. Uh, I've been in the payments industry for 23 years or so. And I think it took a long time to find the courage um, to actually put my money where my mouth was. I was always opinionated, always was telling other directors how to, to run their businesses uh, to my detriment. And it took me a long time. To, in fact, it took me until... 2012, to find the courage, to find the money, and to say, do you know what? I'm actually going to put my money where my mouth is and, and make this happen. So that's what I did. And you were successful in the corporate world. Yes. So, yeah. But being successful in the corporate world is one thing. <laughs> but actually, when you go out there and you're running your own business, people don't realise how different the rules are. You're right, I had a, a corporate career in the banking industry for many, many years. I uh, was about to be made a director of a bank back in 2006. And to my partner's dismay, I gave all of that up um, and went to join a startup company based out of a, an industrial unit uh, in the Northwest. Best thing I ever did. It, it gave me the first insight of how a, a startup company works. What I didn't realize at the time is I thrived in that environment. Mm. I, I'm okay with uncertainty, I'm okay with a lack of structure. Uh, I loved it. Um, I found my voice, if you like. So I was working in the startup environment from 2007 through to about 2012. And I think that gave me the real good grounding. Um, it helped me understand that one of my strengths was to walk into an empty office uh, with an empty desk, blank sheet of paper, with the remit of building a team, building a division, building a company, and I could do it. Was I strategic? Kind of, I think. I had a vision. I knew what to do in the market. But I certainly knew through energy, through focus, through engagement, getting people on side, um, how to build. And that's what I was very good at. And then what happened post that? I left uh, a role as managing director of an American startup over here in, I'm trying to remember the times now, it was June 2012. Took some time off, it's the Olympics in the summer, so I immersed myself in that, had an amazing time. And then thought, no, right, I've got to do this myself. For years and years and years, I've been telling other people how to run their companies, uh, to my detriment, often. And it's like, okay, I've now got to walk the walk as well as talk the talk. And that's, that's what we did. I think when you start your own company, you go in with, with absolute belief in who you are, with a vision, with passion, but also blind naivety sometimes, if that's the right phrase. You, just, you, you don't think it's going to go wrong. You, if you overthink it, you won't do it. And it's like, no, I know the industry. I've had many uh, years of working in the payments industry. I'd set up businesses for other people. How hard can it be to do it myself? <laughs> what a phrase. <laughs> yeah. Uh, roller coaster. Is it was different, though. That's the thing. Like, when you actually do it for yourself, it is fundamentally different. The rules are so, so different. It's fantastic. It's amazing. The freedom, it's scary. But the freedom you've got at the same time, the buck stops with you. Everything, every decision you make matters and has consequences to those decisions. But the fun, 
in the early stages. As I said, you go in with, I can't think of a better phrase, blind naivety, if that's, if that's right. Mm. You just, for me, you just go in and make things happen. What do you think your biggest challenge was when you started working for yourself? Not having a clue what I was doing. <laughs> no structure. Um, I can now see it. But you thrived without structure, like yeah, I know, said. I know, I know, I know that, but there was no foundations in place. Mm. Look, I'm, I'm a sales guy by trade. Um, and with the new business, I metaphorically, I stood on a table. I became the Pied Piper. I started to tell the industry that we were going to do something much bigger and much better. We were going to look after independent businesses. We were going to sell the right way basically inferring that everybody else sold the wrong way. Within six months, I had 120 self-employed sales guys working with me. We exploded out of the blocks. Um, I mean, it was fantastic. We were working 12, 14 hours a day. The young team I brought in around me were inspired. We were signing four, 500 new customers every single month. In fact, our record day was 48 customers in one day that we signed. Brilliant, exciting, we couldn't cope. And I suppose that goes back to the whole structure thing. Yeah. And actually, and that's a, that's, I think that's a bit that people don't quite realise, that you can start a business through damn sheer hard work. You can actually get that business with momentum, but eventually you're going to get tired. Yeah. You are going to get tired. And unless they've got that structure for people to follow, you try, I mean, you probably tried managing 120 people at one stage. Oh, at, at, at the time, I thought I was a brilliant entrepreneur. Uh, I thought I was a brilliant leader. Actually, I was very, very good in certain areas. But you're right, every decision was made by me. Everything came through me. I didn't realise it at the time. I was exhausted. So I take it at the time then you realised you needed the structure, you realised that you needed to hire people, mm. and that's when you really started looking at building your senior team. Yes, the first senior team. The first senior team. <laughs> there, there were several iterations of it. I think for me, as I said, I knew the, the industry, 20 odd years in the industry. I knew the product, knew the market, knew the industry. Knew how to sell, knew how to bring business in. I knew how to build teams, but actually to truly delegate to those teams, to truly empower those teams, and also to find the right people to come in was the hardest thing. And that is a challenge for most people. Yeah. But I think also that the people that you were bringing in, I think they were used to operating within frameworks. Mm -hmm because you hadn't yet put your framework in place, I find a lot of people that come in from the corporate world into sort of the SME marketplace where there isn't a framework, they may have been good in their previous life, but they flounder. Yeah, we grew too quickly. So we were trying to bring people in too quickly. We had a lot of money going through the business, but we weren't making a profit at the time or just about breaking even. But your run rate must have been quite high when you're bringing in people and you, growth costs money anyway. Yeah. Exactly, but we were, we were panicking. We were bringing people in really, really quickly. We didn't take the time to vet them properly. Um, if you, you interview somebody with a good CV, and I remember one guy, I actually knew him historically from my banking um, background. His CV was fantastic. He came in on, on, on a lot of money, you know, almost a six-figure sum. <laughs> I made the assumption that somebody on a six-figure sum would know what they're doing. He didn't. He, he again, needed a lot of close management. But isn't that the challenge that you, we make the assumption that people know what they're doing, but so many people in corporates are able to just hide. Yes. That they think they know what they're doing. Yeah. That they think that they can do the stuff, but they can't actually do it. Well, the same person I'm talking about here, it took me just over a year to realise. For the first six months, and, and he played it beautifully. 
in that I was on the floor, we'd had a real um, problem within the business. And he came in as somebody I knew and picked me off the floor and said, okay, Kevin, I'll support you, I'll help you get through this. And it's like, fantastic, thank you. And you want to be supported at a time. I, well, I needed it at yeah. the time. But after a while, I then realized he was looking busy, but there was no output. He wasn't delivering anything. And actually for the money we were paying, I was having to tell him what to do. And that's and the that's learning. Right. That's the learning yeah. that you had along the way, which yeah. is... 100%. So you were going through various iterations of your senior team, as most people do do. Yeah. What impact did that have on the business? <laughs> Until I settled on the final senior team, um, I was still running the company. And that's going to sound odd. As a leader, as the owner of the business, you should be running the company. But it's back to the old cliche. You're the captain of the ship. You should steer the ship in the right direction. But should you be doing the day-to-day? -day? No. That's what the team are empowered to do. You're not doing the CEO stuff that no. a CEO should be doing. No. I was still the entrepreneur as a business owner. Everything comes through me. It's my business. I'll make it happen. You now, can't do that. One of the dangers, and a lot of people go through this, unless you bring the right senior team that can deliver, it can consume a lot of cash. Yes. And it left you cash tight at one stage. We had a perfect storm. Um, our strategic partner, the banking partner, we resold their product. Uh, they changed direction and exited the market. That's fine, we knew we saw that coming, but the way they handled it with us, um, it almost felt personal, which was difficult to take. It happened very, very quickly, and we weren't ready for it. Um, and I think if that event had happened five years down the line, or even three years down the line, I'd have been much better equipped to handle it. But I took it personally, I didn't handle it well. Okay, I'm not taking all the blame because they didn't handle us very well but it, it causes immeasurable damage within the business. Um, I think we lost about 500,000 pounds worth of cash very quickly of cash flow and accrued an awful lot of debt, a, you know, a big six figure sum. And that can just debt. switch overnight. This, this happened in six months. Um, we couldn't recover. To your question, the senior team I had around me, they couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it and they were the wrong people around me. That's no disrespect to them. They, they just, there was no experience within the business, myself included, on how to handle this event. Um, I was two years in. We'd been yeah. flying. I'm a sales guy. I had no training in, in how to handle something like this. No experience. It was difficult. I suppose when you hit something like that, you've got to find cash quick. Yes. And a lot of people are in this position hmm. where they're looking to grow their business. Cash is tight. Perhaps the normal banking sort of routes in terms of high street banking, etc., isn't necessarily appropriate for businesses because you operated well outside the sort of the models that banks understand, <laughs> so to speak. And as yes. soon as you hit that, you, do what quite, you did what quite a lot of people do. You actually looked at outside investment. I was lucky enough at the time that I, I knew somebody um, in business, had done since 2005. And at the time, he talked about putting money into the business. Um, he knew what was going on, and he, he put in money for equity. He put in a quarter of a million pounds, which, which at the time was life-saving. Um, and I, I, I welcomed it. It was like, he's it, almost like the saviour of the business. Come on, come on in, brilliant, I know you, I trust you, put the money into the company. And I was absolutely grateful that he did. And that brought you time to really start turning the ship around. Yes. Hey. Bought me time. Um, turning the ship around was very difficult. I didn't have the skill set to turn it around. It was too early. I was learning, um, I was being coached, obviously, by yourself, but I was early in that journey. You know, I, it felt like every day something else was hitting. When you're on that, when, you, when you're in the hole, 
to try and claw your way out of that hole was incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult. But over time, you started to fix things bit by bit. Yeah. And actually, you got out of the hole. Through 2015, the, the company stabilised. Our investor put more money in. We needed it. Um, again, my fault, being slightly naive, I didn't realise the ramifications of the money that was being put in. When you're desperate for money and there's a, a, an agreement on the table, you sign it, you take it. All I thought about was keeping the company going, protecting the people working for me. But you're right. I, I learned then about business. I learned about foundations. I stopped being the sales guy. And, and you and ran the business. I ran the business. Over, 12, over the next 12 to 18 months, I became a CEO for the first time. We ran the business. We changed the senior team. We changed the entire sales model within the business through 2016 and into 2017. Um, and we, we turned it around operationally, put the foundations in place, and became profitable from around about May 2016. The challenge we had is we were saddled with this huge debt. So whilst we can turn it around operationally, we just couldn't raise enough cash to clear that debt. And that was the problem for us. But you were drumming the debt down. We were through 2016 and 2017. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we cleared about half the debt with cash which is remarkable from bearing in mind where we were. Yeah. And you were on the journey to clear the cash? We were probably between six and nine months away from clearing, clearing the debt. Um, but what happened? The <laughs> Through the journey um, in 2016, I actually sold the business to my shareholder. Um, I, I had no choice. At the time, we were starting to trade profitably. We couldn't generate the cash quick enough. The creditors were on our doorstep. The debt was too high. I, I had a very simple choice sell the business to him, um, or put the company into administration. And that's where the devil's in the detail. And I think that if anyone's going to go out there and, and seek investment, you've really got to understand what the terms of the investment are. Yes, 100%. And actually what the relationship, because everyone, well, there's a saying, isn't it? Beware of people bearing gifts. And I think at the end of the day, there is an element where the gift is gladly welcome. But I always say, look at every single relationship, what would happen in a separation. It's, it's difficult. It's very true words. My, my lawyer said to me right at the beginning, every legal agreement I sign, he said, sign it in the knowledge it's going to go wrong. So if it goes wrong, what does this, how does this agreement protect you? But that goes against being an entrepreneur because as an <laughs> entrepreneur, you don't want to look at it going wrong, do you? You want to look at it going right. I think there's a lot of things in business that go against being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and for somebody like me, I'm, I'm very creative, I'm passionate, I'm driven. To have that detail underneath, that foundation underneath, that's the bit I've had to learn over the last three or four years and have learned now. So you had to sell your business to, the share, to your shareholder. How did that affect the dynamics of the relationship? Totally. Um, the biggest mistake I made was when I sold the company to him, I was then managing director of the business. Um, I was also a shareholder in, in the parent company. I kept running the business as if it was mine. I never quite realized it wasn't mine, which is a bizarre thing to say because I just signed a legal agreement to say it's not mine. But in my heart and mentally, it was still my business. You're the founder. I know. Outside it now, it, you can look back, and, and, and I get that. But at the time, I, I, I still treated it as my company. Um, the, the irony is we, we actually turned the business around. The, the senior team we bought in were brilliant. Um, I'm still friends with them all today. In fact, I'm working with one at the moment, and I'm working with another one fairly soon. So we're still in contact with each other, which is, which is wonderful. That's how good they were. We changed the strategy within the business. We'd moved away from the self-employed sales and gone into telesales. The product proposition had evolved. That business was ready to absolutely take off. 
But over that period of time, though, you, the relationship between you and your partner, or the person that bought the business, like anything, over the years, started to probably take a yeah. different turn. He, he, he wanted the business to go in one direction. Um, I, want, I was taking the business in a different direction. The communication between the two of us, and you know, again, hands up, this is not blaming him, this, no. is, this is me. Uh, the communication wasn't right. Um, I, I, I really struggled with it. I've learned now, it's not being a control freak, definitely not, but average, if, if I'm running a business, it's my business. I now realise I struggle to answer to somebody uh, in business. And a lot of people do that. You see, that's the interesting thing, that when you go and work for yourself, it's very difficult then to mm. answer to other people. And ultimately, at the end of the day, what happened to you has happened to so many people in business. You, had your, you lost your business yes. in the end. Ultimately, I lost my business. Um, and I left the company in May 2018. And I was doing a presentation last week, funnily enough, where I talked about this, this, this story. And somebody said, well, how did he feel when he left the business? That must have been absolutely awful. I said, nope. It was the best thing that could have happened to me. I, I almost relaxed immediately. All of that stress was off my shoulders. The relationships that weren't working disappeared. But how did you feel? So you left, the, the, the stress went. But how did you feel afterwards? Because there was a period of time where perhaps there was an element of lost. <laughs> the stress had gone. Uh, we went through a legal process and that, that took its toll over the next sort of 12 to 14 months or so. But yeah, of course, as, a, as, a, as an entrepreneur, where do I go next? What do I do next? What am I good at? You know, I think it hit my confidence levels a lot, lot more than I thought it did. And, and that's important because it really is about confidence, especially when you are going through stuff. You probably found that you were going through it quite possibly alone. You were yes. isolated. Yeah. And I, I do believe that isolation is probably one of the biggest killers of entrepreneurs. But you've got to remember, though, when something like that happens to you, when you lose your business, for whatever reason, you don't want to put your head back above the parapet. You, you almost need, I mean, typical bloke, I need to go back into my cave, work out who I am, reevaluate, and think, right, have I got the strength to come back out again? From a, a personal perspective, I've got good people around me, uh, and they help me. But it's a process. I had to go through this. I couldn't just go, I couldn't just go from losing a business one day to starting again and doing something else the following day. I needed to reflect. Where did I get it right? Where am I good? What did I get wrong? But you got back on the saddle. Absolutely. And that's the, I mean, that's the, that's the hope for a lot of entrepreneurs out there that have been through the journey you've been through, yeah. that have lost their business, because it can be quite heartbreaking, but is actually what you need to do to get back on that saddle. Yeah. Because so many of the success stories we hear out there with entrepreneurs, do you know what, they've had failures. Of course. And it's, it's interesting that most people don't ever talk about the failures. When you read the business books, it's all about the successes, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> but when you look at it... <laughs> you, you can't have that success without failing. More businesses I, fail than they succeed. But I'm also, it, it's a really interesting word, failure. Uh, again, I was uh, at a retreat last week and we talked about business failure and I said I didn't fail. I got it wrong. I made a lot of mistakes, but I didn't fail. That business is still trading. I employ people, they're still there. I got things wrong, but I don't look at myself as a failure. I think it's a very different phrase. Yeah. I learned an awful lot through it. I will, I will not make those same mistakes again. I didn't fail as such. I'm not a failure. Um, no, I'm very strong and I'm very good in certain areas. Learn where they are and go again. And that's really good, that's really good advice for entrepreneurs out there mm. because they probably go around feeling that they've failed. Self-esteem goes through the floor. Yep. Yeah. And you're back up and running now, aren't you? I'm flying. I'm loving it, yes. 
And you know what's quite interesting, because I've been watching your journey, you're absolutely smashing things at the moment, mm. but your frame of reference has been so strong from the stuff that you've learned, yeah. it's just enabled you to start off on a strong platform. I think the biggest challenge for me was to actually work out where my strengths lie. Now that sounds odd, but when you set up and run a business, and we, we got it to three million turnover, we had 28 employees working in the company, you become good at a lot of things. Well, then you come back out and you resurface as an entrepreneur and think, right, what, I, what can I do? Well, actually, I can do leadership, I can do values, I can do coaching, I can do sales, I can do this. I, there's a, 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 a large range. And actually, just through talking to people, um, and there's one conversation in particular where he, we were talking about sales, and the light bulb went on again. It's like, I am a salesperson, you a found sales your, leader. But you found your passion, didn't you? Totally. You see the smile on my face as I'm talking yeah. about sales. Yeah, that's what I'm good at. And that's what I've gone back to. So since then, I've built a consulting business in sales where I'm helping businesses in the payments industry restructure their sales divisions. That's one part of it. And I'm now building an online business alongside that. Um, it's called Sales Made Easy. And it's putting together a 10-week program for independent businesses that can't afford consultants at one or two thousand pounds a day, whereby they can access the content and the experience and the knowledge I've got in sales and sales leadership in short, sharp video modules. So they can actually put it into place. So it's not just content. 100%, 100%. They can take the content and get the context out of it and apply it to their business. It's very much do this, do this, you'll get that. Do this, do this, you'll get that. Yeah. yeah. At a price that's affordable, less than two hundred pounds a month. Which them. is really affordable. Yeah. So if you're tuning in today, I mean thank you so much, Kevin. You're welcome. And you're talking about you've lost your business. Hopefully you can resonate with some of the stuff that Kevin shared with us today. If you're looking at financially structuring your business, really devil's in the detail. Look at all your options, because at the end of the day, your story is a great story, but your story is not unique. It's happened to so many people. We just don't tend to talk about it. And you want to look at your options. You want to look at, can I really get out of this hole? Head over to borka.com and get in touch. And let's see whether we can help sort of help you perhaps avoid the lessons that Kevin had to learn. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. You're it's welcome, been great Peter. having you. Thank you very much. And remember, failing to learn is learning to fail, and failing to, failing to act is just stupid. <laughs> <laughs>